Welcome to the Wildly Tarot Podcast. Hi, Esther. Hi, Holly. We don't have any pre-established banter. No, we don't. We didn't discuss this at all. But we do want to thank you. I mean, we do have, I guess, pre-established banter and that there are things that we want to say up top. But yes, we're not not about dumb things happening in our lives or the moon. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, thank you listeners for being so kind and supportive. Um, Your responses to last week's lack of episode were really reaffirming and nice. If you didn't listen to it because it was so short or for any other reason, we encourage you to uh, when you get the chance, because there's a lot of good and fun podcast suggestions, as well as like resources to be a good citizen of the world right now. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And in the week since, Holly and I have done a lot of introspection and thinking about ways that we can be more actively supportive of the BIPOC or Black and Indigenous people of color community, particularly the Black community through this podcast. Firstly, in addition to our commitment to continuing to contribute to bail funds over the next few months, We're also committing to contribute to community organizations and fundraising efforts monthly and definitely. We'll announce on the podcast once a month who and what we've contributed to this month. Secondly, we realize that while we have reviewed decks with Black representation, we have never reviewed and given time and space here to a deck created by a Black creator specifically. We realize that's a huge oversight on our parts, and we purchased several decks this week to be added to our to-be-reviewed list and prioritized. Yes, indeed. I'm so excited about them, because that was kind of the cool uh, effect of people being more intentional about supporting Black businesses, is that creators who I've never seen before were posted. Yeah, they were celebrated and uplifted and we're excited to join the community in uplifting, amplifying their decks. Yeah, seriously. So thirdly, uh, we have added slash I have not added it yet. Well, by the time this podcast episode records, because as usual, this is how we force ourselves to get stuff done. Uh, We've added a page to our website, which will help uh, link you to resources to help Black Lives Matter as a movement and then also other community organizations, as well as a nomination form to make the Wildly Tarot and Wildly Lenormand deck more accessible to Black and Brown card readers. So check out that new page on our website and thank you for being on this journey with us. Yes. So exciting. Okay, so I am using the Kitty Kahane tarot. I think it's Kitty called Kitty Kahane. I think it's, that's what it's Kitty Kahane. Oh, yeah, that one's cute. It was all sunshiny and roses when I pulled a card from it earlier to ask if you wanted to join us. So let's see. Kitty Kitty, what do you have for us today? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Two, three, four, five, six, seven. Your card of the day is the th- three, wait, the Empress. It's in, it's in, it's in German. <laughs> so it's it's like die Herrchen, which, which I'm sure everyone who speaks German is like, oh my gosh, she just Esther, butchered don't try to the German pronounce language. this. <laughs> yes, the German la- language. But yes, it's the Empress. I was like, three of okay, is that a that's a pentacle on her dress? 
but those are flowers. <laughs> oh, that's I was like, such a cute card. Isn't it cute? It's so cute. You need to buddy. post this deck on your uh, feed so feed, that people yeah. can see it. It's super adorable. cute. It's out of print, and I've been like looking at it for years. Oh, and then never mind. Never mind. Fancy out of print lady. <laughs> well, they had an English version, but this was the only one I saw like recently that was a reasonable price, and I was like, okay, it's German. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> Just get it. It's fine. <laughs> All right, we're changing format a little bit this week, and we're going to go straight to Patreon shoutouts and announcements, and then we will get to questions and deck conversations. Yes! So, our Patreon is now even cooler than before, because we that's how we're able to support community organizations, and yes. also make it so that we can give decks away to card readers who have been nominated through our handy-dandy new form. So... Patreon supporters, we appreciate you so much. You make this a lot easier for us to do, and your support means a ton. So It does mean a ton. Will, your card is uh, the Seven of Swords. Ooh. And Michelle, your card is the Hermit. And Jen... Your card is the Hierophant. Got Ooh, some majors going we on. We did get today. some majors going on. That's fun. Yeah. Uh, so thank you so much, new Patreon supporters and existing yes. Patreon supporters. We love you. Yes, we do love you. Yay. So for announcements, this week we're not going to review a deck. Uh, we want to assess the parameters that we're using. Um, and so we're going to do that at the end rather than reviewing a specific deck. And part of that is that. We want to make sure that we're more intentional about talking about the inclusivity of diversity in the decks. Um, It's always something that we mention briefly, but we think that it's really important right now to make sure that there's like an actual parameter for it so that it always gets brought up. Um, Because we as deck collectors have tried really hard to collect decks with a lot of representation and we've achieved that. But like we said at the top of the show, we also have not reviewed a single deck created by a black deck creator. Um, So there's like obviously a gap between what we are looking for in decks and sort of the artists that we're buying from. Um, So we thought that talking about the parameters would be helpful. And also we don't, we totally want feedback from you so if you have something that you're always curious about a deck about a deck when we review it that we don't go over email us at wildly at gmail.com um and you can we'll totally take suggestions of different areas to focus on as part of the parameters we do try to keep it like relatively concise but we always want to hear what people want so yes. if there's something that we're not including that you'd like to be included definitely email us and let us know Um, and we'll also probably talk about that a little bit more when we actually go through our parameters and the sort of explanation of why we include that parameter in a little bit. Yes. And some additional podcasts that we received after our episode last week of, um, black voices that we can magnify, amplify. I was like, magnify is not the one I want. (laughs) Amplify. Same difference, just different words. Okay. So Jessica in our Facebook group suggested Woke Mystic Podcast. Mystics is spelled with an X at the end. So it's M-Y-S-T-I-X. And they said that was like a really great one. And so check that one out. As well as a specific episode from the Beyond Belief podcast. Beyond Belief is not the TV show from the 90s. This is not (laughs) a a remix podcast. I've never heard of that TV show. Really? Yeah. 
Yeah. It, it beyond what belief, fact or fiction. It was the guy from Star Trek, the guy in the beard from the from Picard's Star Trek. And he would oh, be okay, like, a yeah. truth or a false story. Like, did this really happen or is this fake? And it's called like beyond belief, fact or fiction. It, did you was not it watch on PBS? That? I never watched that. No, it was like on ABC on Sunday nights huh. or something. Anyway. Interesting. <laughs> anyway, so it's not that kind of podcast. It's by the creator of the Neo Tarot and they interview different people. This episode specifically that Jessica recommended is called The Conjure is Political. And explores conjure feminism, which connects traditional root work philosophies and black feminism. And like Jessica specifically really loved this episode. So awesome. go check, check it out, out this week. Yeah, totally. That's fantastic. All right. Well, let's move on to our questions. So question number one is from Holly. Not the Holly that's saying directly from me, I'm assuming. <laughs> I've had a string of long-term relationships that just haven't worked out for one reason or another. My last relationship was a two-year emotional roller coaster, and I felt so drained by the end of it. I've been single for about 18 months, using dating apps sporadically, but I haven't met anyone I've really clicked with. I'm 30 in September and starting to get a bit cynical and worried I'll repeat old patterns, like falling for emotionally unavailable men. Could you please see if the cards have any guidance for me? Love it. I don't do a lot of love readings, but... Because my mostly it would just be for my sister, and she gets so mad, and I always tell her she has to put herself out there. It's not me, Katie. It's the cards. It's the cards. Uh, but do you think that doing like a kind of where you are emotionally, what's standing in your way of growth, and then action steps you can take to amplify your love life would make sense, or do you have something else in mind? Like something comes up to me is like she's worried about repeating old patterns. Oh yeah. So, so what? Maybe... So how to pre- how to prevent herself? Nope, that's not the way I yeah. want to say it. How to, How like, to break th- free from those old patterns. patterns. Yeah. yeah, something like that. Nailed it. Good job. <laughs> so, yeah, then maybe we could do, like, like what's keeping you stuck and then how yeah. to break through those. Those patterns. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm using the Star Seeker Tarot from the Van Mystic, Nikki. Yes. I got here this week and. I'm so jealous I you have it. love it. Like, jealous, angry, jealous. Oh, uh-oh. Like, should I use a different deck? <laughs> no, I'm just, in general, just saying everyone else is getting it and I've got to wait. I'm and- just saying that I'm enraged <laughs> and will never forgive you. Uh, Holly, my dear, wonderful Holly, I love you because you have the best name that exists. Uh, when I was younger, I used to really hate other people named Holly, like in movies and stuff, because I was like... <laughs> What How dare you? That's my name. <laughs> but now I'm super into it because it's cool. It's really fun yeah. to have people who share this awesome name with me. Uh, but okay, Holly, dear Holly, we'll do uh, the current energy, current energy uh, surrounding love life. Because I like that current energy situation. That's yeah. This deck is so pretty. I got the High Priestess, and I got the Three of Swords. Okay. So, yeah, I think that now, like right now, I mean, it's hard because we put these artificial age limitations like we need to start being adults at 30. Like we need to really know and understand ourselves completely at 30. And that makes it that it's hard to let yourself be in that sort of like internal self-healing mode when you're approaching those arbitrary time frames because Mm -hmm. you feel like you should be like having more of a chariot moment, like moving forward, going, going, going rather than turning inwards. Um, But I think that like the high priestess three of swords combination is like referencing that, you know, that you have these sort of like 
patterns and who you're attracted to and what your relationships look like. And so right now you're turning inward, kind of trying to find your own like inner healing and addressing what's causing that three of swords energy by not being part of a larger in the world moment. You're like just turning inwards and looking mm-hmm. at yourself and like trying to access those things that maybe have been slightly beyond your reach previously about the way that you feel and the way that you think and the way that you, you know, are and experience things. Yeah. I just think there's just a lot of introspection and focus on the pain right now that you've had. Yeah. Sometimes maybe a little bit too much because I think sometimes a high priestess can get a bit like too much in her hidey hole, you know, like where she does too much introspection and like she she dives too deep sometimes. And like especially with the three of swords is involved. Yeah. You can get into that sense of melancholy with a high priestess like, oh, my gosh, like all of this pain is like right here. And I'm I'm like trying to get the details of all of my pain and like looking at it, (laughs) you know. And then, of course, causing, like, a spiral. But yeah, that's just kind of the, the energy. Next... Yeah. Well, yeah. And I think that, like, it will, it remains to be seen of if that is an area that needs to continue to be explored or not, I guess, based on what the next set of cards says. Yeah. So what is creating those patterns of being attracted to unavailable men? And then we'll do steps forward, right? Yeah. This deck is so pretty. I'm sorry. Look at her hair. I got the Queen of Cups. Are you the queen of deck, her hair is like so glittery a, a sky it's like stars in the so sky galaxy. Oh, it's so pretty so pretty okay i got the eight of cups eight and of cups the queen, and of, queen cups. of cups hmm. i don't know it almost feels like there's an element of like being too distractible like you as the queen are so the the shadow side of the Queen of Cups is like overly emotional, which is something that I never want to ascribe to <laughs> another woman because I think that it's incredibly dismissive right. to say those sorts of things. Oh, you're just being so emotional about this. Um, but with the Eight of Cups, I don't know. It kind of feels like there's like a lack of ability to sort of like, I don't know. Esther, what do you think? I think with the the Queen of Cups to me, kind of part of her toxicity can be that she wants to fix everything and love everything to health. Yeah, that's true. It's not like she um, she's like a healer. She's like a healer through her love, essentially, is how I kind of see her. And sometimes you can love the wrong people. And to me, I see the men that holly has been in contact with before as this eight of cups where they're here for a moment and they want to move on they're not here for a longer lasting time so to me this is that pattern of kind of the queen of cups is representative of holly where she's wanting to fix a situation to to love them to health and to make them better person yeah and they're they're they are wanting to just build something now and moving on they're not here for the long term well, and another thing, yeah, I think that the building something and moving on thing could be from both people in the relationship. Like, it's like the thing about the eight of cups is that like the cups are set up, they're established, everything is kind of like in place and sturdy or whatever. And it's just like not enough to really 
get all of your, the things that you need to be fulfilled out of it. Mm-hmm. So even if it's Holly who's experiencing these, like I'm building these people up and then I'm not getting what I want in return. So I have to move forward. That would also make sense with the yeah. cops. Just like, yeah. like the things that I expected out of these cups or the things that I hoped for out of these cups are not forthcoming. And so mm-hmm. it's not worth my energy to like, stay here watching them anymore. Right. Yeah. (laughs) There's like a whole play happening in my head involving (laughs) the figure in the eight of cups cups, standing there staying, staring at the actual cups themselves. (laughs) But I think that that kind of makes sense in terms of like what, what could be attracting you to the situation is that maybe there's part of you that feels like the setting up of the cups is the thing that should make you so close and should give you so much fulfillment. So much like, Mm -hmm the queen of cups, like just like, like peace and comfort and the relationship. Like you feel like the actual act of putting the cups up would get you there. And then when it doesn't, you're like, okay, this isn't enough and it's time to move on. So looking at like, if that structuring of somebody else's emotional well being or whatever is part of the thing that attracts you to them. And then like, if there's consistently then that lack of, like true connection. Cause it's just been about this one thing being resolved. Then that mm-hmm. would make sense as a block. Yeah. All right. Let's pull for action steps to break through that. What barrier wall block mountain. Cause we're in the mountain? eight of cups. <laughs> Cause we're in the eight of cups. That wall of cups, <laughs> that stack of beautiful cups. Okay. So Action steps to move forward with strength, Esther. We haven't talked about moving forward with strength in a while. We haven't. What did you get? I got the five of pentacles. Okay. And I got the moon. Okay. I think it's going to be a longer time of being alone. Like, I think that, yeah, I think that there's still some inner work that needs to happen and like figuring out, I think the five of pentacles is so interesting in that too. Cause again, yeah. it's kind of like speaking a little bit to the eight of cups being about it not being enough. The five of mm-hmm. pentacles is like confirming like right now, maybe you don't have all the tools in your tool belt to get what you need out of a relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not only get what you need, but you don't, there's something still missing that you need. Like to me, because the five of pentacles hasn't accepted that help yet and hasn't quite accepted what's going on. And so to me, it's, there's something still missing that you haven't found yet. Yeah, totally. (laughs) I do hear a little bit of a squeak happening. She was like, excuse me. (laughs) (laughs) You can only keep Kamja under silent for like 20 minutes for so long. Yeah. She gets really sick of the silent protest (laughs) to being created. Yeah. She's like, my voice must be heard. Yes, she is. Yeah. All right. Should we? I feel like that's not quite enough because it's hard to say you just need to keep working on it. So maybe like we could each pull a card on a specific area that she could be contemplating and working through. And then that in addition to it's less of just like a it's time to work on things and more of like a here's an area to work on. Okay. Okay. Maybe I'll pull a card from Compendium. Are you looking at 
I'm looking at all of my decks, seeing if something's calling to me. Nothing's oh, okay. Yet, so. <laughs> I'm glaring at them like, okay. I was like, that's not where the dogs are. I, I was trying to visualize what part of your apartment part is of that direction, part. but isn't it just a window? <laughs> no, it is just a window, but underneath the window is my deck collection. I'm just looking. Okay. <laughs> Who wants to speak to me now? If you don't speak now, forever hold your peace in this episode. Yeah. I mean, okay. <laughs> <laughs> what did, what did, deck so much. What did you get? I got knowledge and strength then. Okay. And I got four of cups. So I yeah. think that kind of works because at this, you know, examine why you feel stuck in the spot. Examine why you're kind of like, not necessarily why you're not moving forward, but what's missing essentially. And then strength. And what was else? Other, what's your other card? Strength and knowledge. And then I also just got sacrificed. So I like, while you were talking. So I think like that sort of, I mean, nobody likes hearing this, but that sort of idea of like figuring out if you've been kind of sacrificing stuff for, the idea of being in a relationship and like, mm-hmm. you know, if that area is an area that you're not willing to sacrifice, that could be something that's come up over and over and over again in a relationship, like a part of yourself that you feel like you're not having your needs met because you're willing to let go of them to make your relationship function more smoothly. Yeah. Seeing that and recognizing that and kind of, assigning value to whether or not you want to continue with that, like learning that knowledge, strengthening that understanding of yourself would probably help. And then also with the four of cups, it's like something that you kind of know is there. So maybe the sacrifice is something you're aware that you're doing doing. things. Yeah. And so now it's just about knowing that understanding where these like non-negotiable areas are and then being able to move on from there. Yeah. Good luck, Holly. Yes. Good luck, Holly. Also, don't let society convince you that you need to be partnered at 30. <laughs> it's a bunch of bullshit. <laughs> it's a bunch of bullshit. <laughs> Sorry, I don't mean to laugh because I know it's painful, but I'm just saying in general, like, time is a construct. It doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, time is totally a construct. And also, like, like, I'm personally in a stage where my friends are going through divorces and it's like sometimes being in a relationship because you think that the time frame makes sense leads to situations that are really not great yeah okay so uh yeah let's go to our second question then (laughs) after that brief interlude that esther will most likely cut all of out because i stopped and started recording like four times trying to get a fucking grip Uh, okay so this is from jessica jessica says a little context i have a very good friend from high school who's considering making a cross-country move and starting a marijuana centered business in california with her husband they'll be flying out here at the end of the month to look at some different areas of land to potentially house this business and themselves my friend has extended an offer to myself and my husband to join her and her husband in this move and this business they've offered to sponsor us financially until the business begins to see profit Do I entertain this offer? Would I be silly to do so? I've always been afraid of the West Coast for whatever reason. Uh, She's never been farther than Eastern Texas. But I live in California, so I'm just Eastern Texas is it's not it's not anything like California. (laughs) But after I spoke with her about this, I got really excited. My husband and I still need to discuss it more in detail. But before we do that, I wonder if this would even be a realistic option for us and what the cards have to say. 
So can I just have like one personal grandstand moment? Like this podcast isn't always that. Yes. So my dad is an analyst in the cannabis industry. Like he works for a company that does research about it, stuff like that. Just it's best. There are some old school racial implications of saying marijuana. Mm -hmm. It was like a word that was used to sort of denigrate specific groups of people. So cannabis is like more widely used in the industry itself. So that's the first grandstand thing. The second one is I just want to acknowledge that we know of the incredible systematic unfairness of black and brown people still being in jail for minor cannabis offenses and how sort of white dominated the cannabis, the legal cannabis industry has been Yes. Since legalization in all these various states. So that's all stuff that like, I think is really, really worth looking into Mm -hmm. um, and how to be more equitable and stuff like that. Just in general, if you're somebody who supports cannabis legalization or uses cannabis regularly for medical or recreational use, whatever, uh, educating yourself about those issues is really good and useful. So cannabis, Jessica, let's go. Yeah. (laughs) It's not that I'm saying, like, you can't do this, like, from a perspective. I just want it to be noted that using the word cannabis rather than marijuana is helpful uh, to kind of break down some stereotypes about usage. And also that we acknowledge that there is a really serious over-prosecution of people of color in terms of this industry that now is legal in so many states. Yes. 31 states, you guys. It's a lot of states. Yeah, yeah. And there are really good cannabis documentaries on Netflix, one in particular that was about cannabis and music and the history of that. And it brings up the, the uses of the word marijuana and like the history of cannabis. And oh, music I haven't industry. seen that. Which it was one super, is that? super cool. Let me look, let me look at it. Cause it was in the American Netflix and I had to watch it via, via VPN. And so <laughs> look at you breaking the law. I'm so bad. I just want to watch American Netflix. Are you sure that that wasn't the one about else? El- El- L- what is it? LSD? No, 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 no. I don't watch they that one. That one's LCD. LCD. I don't even know what that means. Oh, it's called Grass is Greener. Oh, perfect. I'll add that yeah. to my list. I've it's never good. heard of that. It's really good. Because it, it, to cool. me, it was more of like the, the history of music and black culture. And that was really interesting. Like they even go into like the political aspects of it and over policing yeah, like in these areas and, and jazz. Did music. you listen to the, uh, that, Oh my God. See, I should stop interrupting you when I can't even okay. come up with a motherfucking name. <laughs> the podcast that we've been talking about. That's about the, uh, follow the Berlin wall, sort of wings of winds of change. It updated the newest episode like yesterday, but I haven't listened to it yet. Okay, that's also, it's not so much about, like, cannabis, but it does uh, have some components of, like, black culture being sort of used to further American interests abroad in, like, sketchy CIA ways that Uh, is good. Okay, okay, cool. Like, uh, organization, I can't remember the name of it, that was supposed to be supporting sort of, like, black Americans and their exploration of their African heritage that was Uh all run by the CIA. Oh, I I think I vaguely remember this. Not the podcast episode, but, like, that. That idea. It's just so good. Okay, so uh, how do we want to start with this? Just, like, do we want to do sort of two paths or just full-blown say, is this something she should be entertaining? Or, like, what... I would be, I would look like, like assuming that she 
like they go after the offer. What not necessarily what would happen, but what's kind of like the energy around that offer? Kind of what like let's let's get a few steps ahead and, instead of just the excitement of right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So energy surrounding. Well, so do you want to do the offer or do you want to do the gig? Like energy. I want to do the gig itself. Like because okay. she's wanting. Like, do I entertain this offer? Well. I don't know. Should you entertain what it? Would it look like? What would it look like as the gig itself? Like, Yeah, okay. Sounds good to me. What did you get? I got the Knight of Cups and the Three of Wands. And I pulled three cards because ha ha ha. Three. Um, <laughs> I was I, just thinking Esther's going to be like, of course you pulled two. You pulled no, three. I pulled three. I got the three of, because I kept getting good cards and I'm like, really? Like, it's like, it's like you're betting like blackjack. Like, really? Is this, <laughs> is this, are we going to, are we going to like, def, are we going to go over what's going to go on? So I got the Three of Cups. So I think okay. it's just definitely like fun time, good time with people that love you and that you're going to have fun and good, you know, like I said, a good time. The chariot, so it's just be a fast-moving environment. Things are always going to be happening, going on. And as well as the Six of Swords, so there may be a travel component to this part of the job. Well, and I think that the Six of Swords makes the most sense in kind of the context of, like, there is going to be some conflicting feelings about yeah. leaving the East Coast and coming to the West Coast. But the Three of Wands is so much about, like, kind of making those expansive decisions and those, mm-hmm. like... Like choice, not just planning to move, but actually like taking steps to go. Yeah. Um, and the Knight of Cups is, I mean, okay. So this Knight of Cups, especially, I really like in this context because it's like a figure looking out. Oh, yeah. So it kind of like has that component of the Knight of Cups that there always is where it's sort of like this exciting, a little bit glamorous, yeah. new opportunity, whatever. Um and I think that that is even more sort of like sharply put here in terms mm-hmm. of the planning part. Like the Knight of Cups in this deck really reflects a lot of other depictions of the Three of Wands. Yeah. With sort of the like looking out looking over the Looking out over those part. things. Yeah. Yeah. I like so that. I think that it would be really exciting and it would be really fun and it would be really interesting. New and adventurous and it's especially knights are like so forward moving and like just yeah. grabbing whatever's in front of them and moving forward. So uh, where were we even? We had just finished reading about like the energy and the situation of moving there. Okay. And now maybe some things to think about yeah. as you go forward. I don't want to, like, pull for cons, but I do want, no. like, a realistic... Like, realistic expectations. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so uh, some things to think about. I got the Five of Wands and the Knight of Wands, and I'm reading them together instead of as two separate yeah. things to think about. And so I feel like that combination is kind of this battle between maybe, like, the conflict of feeling like there has to be stuff more set up versus the conflict of just wanting to go, go, go. Mm-hmm. And the Knight of Wands is like so action oriented and like kind of feels more prepared than maybe they are that I feel like the the thing to think about is the conflict that will arise about 
wanting to go, 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 wanting to get stuff done, wanting to move forward versus like how long things take. Yes. And I drew four realistic expectations and I drew the king of wands and the four of pentacles. So to me, there's going to be lots of like, maybe there's going to be more saving than you initially intended. There's going to be mm-hmm. more that goes into that aspect of either savings from your pockets then because they, you know, while the promise is, oh, we'll fund you, we'll make sure you're set up some, to me, this seems like this four of pentacles, maybe something like, oh, maybe I would, the expectation is maybe we won't be able to help out as much as we initially expected to. Yeah, I could see that totally. And the king of wands to me is like, maybe the, you're going to be asked to take more of a leadership role than what you initially expected as well. Yeah. And so that's to me, like the expectations going into it don't, you know, don't kind of just sit on the sidelines waiting for something to happen. Kind yeah. of learn about the industry, learn about things going into it. So you won't be kind of blindsided when you get there. Yeah. Cause I do think that there's like kind of a idea of green gold. Like mm-hmm. it's because now it's legal. Everyone's going to just make tons and tons of money right off the bat. And that's not necessarily true because with the legalization came a more robust black market too, mm-hmm. like underground market for it. Um, so I don't know. There's a lot of really interesting research that's kind of going on about that sort of thing, but it yeah. isn't just like a blank check if you start yeah. growing or whatever manufacturing. Yeah. yeah. So thinking about ways that you can kind of take a leadership role, thinking about sort of the conflict between wanting to move, like, you know, take action and Mm -hmm. maybe not being able to in the way that you think you should, all of that stuff are things to keep in mind. Yeah. So good luck. Sounds exciting. New move. Keep us updated. If you're you're not going to be moving to Southern California, but if you are, (laughs) if you are, hit me up. (laughs) (laughs) Although we're also in the middle of a pandemic, so maybe don't, but we'll see. (laughs) Hit me up by mail. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I'll send you letters. Okay, so now we want to take this chance to kind of talk about our parameters and maybe come up with, I have a pen, I have paper, maybe come up with some new things to include in our deck review parameters. Yay! Brainstorming session live on the air. (laughs) Live on the air brainstorming session. What could go wrong? It's all gonna be great. (laughs) (laughs) Well, see, the thing is that um, typically our brainstorming sessions are in front of two strangers that have no idea what's going on. So this is pretty typical for us. Now we're in front of like a thousand strangers that have no idea what's going on. Yeah, exactly. And who can't respond in real time. In real time. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. Okay, so our first parameter is always where to find it. And I like that mostly for the commerce perspective of people want to be able to find their shit. Yes, yes. So I think where to find it needs to stay. Okay, literally how it physically is, we definitely should keep that too because we, I tend to not really give that much of a shit about cardstock, but other people want to hear about it. Yes, we have opinions. (laughs) Many, many opinions. (laughs) It's true. Uh, okay, so the general impression and vibe is sort of what I think we could probably break out into more specific and intentional things. Yes. So general impressions, what are the, what are the things we normally talk about when we're talking about general impressions? I think like color tones. Yeah. Like, like kind of like the deck, the deck construct, like, okay, it's going to be mostly like some of these suits are in colors, like similar colors. And these, some of these suits are like this. So it's kind of like construct variations is kind of like what we're specifically looking at. 
Yes. Like, does it follow the traditional suits? suits. Does Does it it have any unique things? Yeah. Any special cards, whatever. Okay. So, uh, variations. Okay. What else are we thinking of when we're talking about the general impressions? I think there's sometimes like either like, um, like cultural elements, whether we say like about like modern witch tarot, like it, it's inclusive, how inclusive is it of bodies? How inclusive is it of the LGBTQ plus community? How inclusive is it of people of color, black people, things like that. So I think inclusivity could fit underneath okay, or branch out a little bit there. You're right. We need to be more specific about inclusivity and not, I think that part of the issue is that not all decks have inclusive representation. I think a really good example is something like, like antique anatomy where there's no skin at all. Right. Right. It's just bones and flowers. And so I think that maybe like working through our own feelings of if a card doesn't have inclusive imagery that it's inherently that we're like calling them out or trying to make the creator look bad by commenting on the lack of inclusivity. Mm -hmm. Because animal decks won't have, necessarily inclusivity because they are animals. Yeah. And, and bone like decks won't have inclusivity because they're bones and flat, like plant decks won't have inclusivity because they're plants. Right. So I think maybe coming up with other frameworks for, if it's not like a human based deck mm-hmm. or we could just make note in that, that could be part of the variations is like this deck has no people in it rather yeah. than it being like, you know, and it being verbal and us recognizing there are no individuals in it. So therefore the inclusivity yeah. will be zero and that doesn't make it bad. It just makes it different. Yeah. It, well, and also like if it is an all white person deck, then that's something that's different than if it's an all no person deck. Yes. <laughs> so like that's true. So I think that yeah. we maybe just need to work through our, through our own thoughts about Mm -hmm. why we originally did include information about this and then stopped because of stuff like that. Like we don't want, you know, like the other kins tarot to be something where we're like, you know, minus 10 points for inclusivity because it's all (laughs) chimeras. Yeah. Yeah. Or whatever. So I think that that's, we'll add that back into like kind of a cultural component section where we talk about inclusivity. Yeah. And I think of like decks like the golden wheel tarot, where it's a specific cultural deck. Yeah. About from a specific culture that's context. I think we could specifically point that out more. Yeah. And I think that that's what's so complicated. I think golden wheel is a really good example because it's like basically a 19th century Russian folklore deck. There definitely were people of color who were living in Russia in the 19th century so that's what makes it complicated is that the scope of the deck is a really specific folklore segment. Mm-hmm. But I think like talking about that is still fine yeah. and we shouldn't feel weird about it because we can both acknowledge that there likely were people of color living in the Russian empire during the 19th century. But also maybe that this artist vision is about one specific subculture of lore or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think the problem is that it's hard to not see these reviews in a vacuum. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like, I don't know. That's something that we'll have to work through, but I like the idea of it kind of being like a cultural components right. section. Yes. Okay. So, and then also right after the kind of construction, constructual construct variations, like how it's organized and stuff like that makes a lot of sense. Um, is there any other general impressions and vibe? I mean, obviously we talk about sort of the colors used, 
the kind of mood it has, like the moods, like a moody sort of deck. Mood slash tone. Yeah. Of deck. And the interesting thing about that is that like everyone can have such different experiences with the same deck. And I think that we've talked about that in the context of like, uh, what's that one with the butthole, the sun butthole. The archetypes deck from what's her name? It's just the main one. Wild unknown. Oh, wild unknown. I was like, I was like the archetypes is the butthole one. The sun butthole is the wild unknown, but like we like can't, Neither of us have had that much success with reading with it, but other people right. do find it like really nurturing and like yeah. kind or whatever. So when we're talking about the tone, we're talking about the way that we're experiencing it. Yes. Okay. We've recently changed the parameter type of reading used for to level of readings it's appropriate for. Yes. I like that because it kind of helps other people gauge just like we experienced with the deck that I hated last week. What was it? Hush. Oh, I was like, I thought you were telling me to hush. Sorry. <laughs> no, that's the name of the deck. <laughs> that was what a good if joke, I just Esther. started like totally silencing you on the podcast like that. Hush. Esther, hush. hush. <laughs> so yes, hush tarot. I think that was, that's a really good example of a level of reading because it was totally different than any other deck that we've come across. So thus far, as far as levels, except for like Marseille decks that are more pips oriented. Yeah. Hush tarot itself was like a, like an artist representation where the tarot deck itself was a bit more intermediate than what we enjoy. So. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I think that that's, I, I liked that change a lot. So, yeah. Okay. Moving on to favorite card. I was thinking about this earlier. What if okay. we did, both our favorite cards and then also like WTF cards, because even in decks yes. that we truly love, there's always a card where we're like, we just need to talk about this right? for this reason. So yeah. almost like maybe we should try to be a little bit more, well, I guess maybe we would lower our number of favorite cards if we had a WTF card, card section, yeah. Yeah. because a lot of the times we'll have like four of our favorites are ones that we truly love because they're beautiful and meaningful. And two are like two, hilarious. Like, I need to talk or... to you about this immediately. Yeah, sort of exactly. Cards. Yeah. So I think okay. intentionally having a W2F section would help categorize things in my card displays. Yeah, totally. I think that that would be very funny. Yeah. Uh, and then I don't want to stop pulling a card to represent our relationship with the deck. Cause I always really like that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I think that that's pretty good. So we're just basically getting more specific in the general impressions, general impressions yeah. section. So we're going to yep. do cons- construct variations, cultural components, and then kind of like a mood and tone. Yeah. I feel pretty good about that. Good. And I dear listener, too. if you have anything else that you want us to include, email us. We're yeah. happy to. Yep. I like what it. Else do we? Yeah, I think that's good. Do we yeah. like brainstorming on the podcast? It's a little stressful. It's a little stressful. <laughs> we had about Ford meltdowns that Esther's deleted and I just talked to myself in the about myself in the third person so that's how stressful it was <laughs> this has just generally been kind of a wild episode because we had so many important things we wanted to talk about and then like dogs puked, puked. we had microphone problems just, we had dog snoring it was just a little wild on the side it so. just got a little bit nuts but what are you gonna do you know yeah uh can we end by me talking about the book that I'm like 100 pages from the end of, and I'm super into what are you reading? It's called ninth house. And, um, I guess I should have taken note of who the author was, but 
It's spooky and mm-hmm. really, really fun. And it takes place within like the secret societies of Yale. So okay. like Skull and Bones and all those secret societies. I thought that it was going to be, I didn't realize it was like kind of a magical realism thing, but it's totally magical realism. It's spooky. It's great. They talk about tarot a little bit, but not enough that would warrant us talking about it on the podcast or anything, but it's very like fun. I like it. Okay. Oh, I like it. It's kind of spooky. I kind of wish that I were reading it in the fall, but it's by Lee Bardugo. And it came out last November. It's called Ninth House. And it's cool. Basically, the gist of it is, like, the main character is part of this. So there's eight landed, like, secret societies at Yale. And the ninth one is the one that's supposed to police and monitor the other eight. So it's the main character, the lead character, Alex, is this girl who's, like, taken from obscurity and is in charge of this ninth house where she's supposed to be making sure that people aren't, like being reckless entitled dickheads. Okay. So there's like some like really wonderful sort of uh, smashing the patriarchy vibes throughout it because she's like not of this sort of rich entitled world. Um, And I have been really enjoying it. We'll see. I have a hundred pages left. It could go terribly wrong. It It could go south really fast. Exactly. And yeah, and then, oh, we're also also reading anti-racist books, too. <laughs> yes, I know. We're reading That's probably what you thought I was going to so, talk yeah. about, isn't it? I was like, oh, okay, okay. Yeah. You're no. like, Holly, what are you talking <laughs> I was just so excited about this spooky book that I think you'd like. But we're also, we also, so Esther, a lot of people are doing like the, we're going to create an anti-racist book club. And we're not going to do that because I think that other people are way more designed that way. We've never run a book club before, but we personally are reading stamped from the beginning, the definitive history of racist ideas in America by Ibram Kendi, who also was just on Brene Brown's podcast. Yes. I saw that after we chose the book and I was like, wow, that was cool. Yeah. Yeah. And he's written a lot of anti-racist books. So if anyone wants to join us in reading that, we'd be happy to chat about it with you. Um, We're both reading it simultaneously. Esther and I are kind of going to be working through it together as accountability buddies, accountability buddies. But I don't, I mean, Esther, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that there are probably a lot more like well-established book clubs happening through different like actual reading podcasts or organizations that do that sort of thing. Like since I read so voraciously anyway, I'm just going to be making an effort to try to get like one anti-racist book per month. Oh yeah. That's a good idea. So, and also like one interesting conversation that's happened this week that I really like is the idea that like, yes, we're all trying to be more intentional about consuming black media, but it doesn't have to just be media about being black. It can also be media just, created by black people. Yes. So like romance novels or thrillers or whatever written by black authors are still important for us to read. Yeah. Because it's supporting black authors. And also it is giving more insight and context for a lot of cultural things that maybe me as a white person wouldn't have been exposed to. And that's also equally important because sometimes black and like in the publishing community, black authors get super, super, narrowly defined Mm -hmm. as people who are writing about black issues rather than people who can write about anything. Yeah. Are also black there. So their books have 
elements of the black experience, no matter what the content actually is. So that's another interesting thing to consider. Yeah. I'm currently reading Beverly Jenkins, who's a romance author, Indigo. Yes. And, um, and that's, and it's very good because I grew up reading like historical romance novels and this is specifically from a black perspective. And it's like, you're kind of like learning history that I was never taught in school, but through a romance novel. So that to me is really interesting, like way to like engage with this and also like support a black creator who's just amazing. She's an amazing woman anyway, but just like intentionally really love her so like her writing is amazing so i don't like america times that much but i i'll I'll just have to power through that because i I think you would i think you would like it a lot so okay it's really good decision made yeah um so yeah i think that's our show this week what do you think i hope so because i I want us to get out of here before a dog decides to puke either one of our three dogs yeah before a dog (laughs) dog. some dog one of them decides to any variety of dog decides it's time to vomit again (laughs) so that's our show don't forget to send us your questions they they can be as serious or as lighthearted as they want we're fine with anything you can find all of our contact information at wildlytarot.com including a little handy dandy form with which to submit questions. And also tell your friends about us and write and review us. We had a few people tag us in a image this week of tarot podcast. That made me so happy. So, so cool. Freaking so exciting. thank you for much, so much for sharing. Thank you so much for sharing us. We really appreciate it so much. And yeah. it helps us grow. And we really appreciate it when you do that. We really appreciate it. You can also follow us on Instagram at wildly tarot podcast, or join our Facebook community by searching wildly tarot podcast on Facebook. And also, we've got merch in the shop. So. Yeah, we do. You can buy my face on a pillow. You can buy Holly's face on a pillow. You can buy everyone's face on a pillow. You can buy be a the mug world. that says you Wildling. You, you can. can buy a mug that says Be the World You Wish to World in the World, which is my all-time favorite thing I've accidentally <laughs> said. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot of fun stuff going on. And remember... Go forth and tear wildly this week. Yes, we love you so much. Do it. Do it. We love you. <laughs> <laughs>